0: Thank you for listening to the Pursuit Church podcast. This is more than a podcast. Pursuit Church is a movement to connect to Jesus and make a difference. If you need prayer or would like to financially support our mission, reach out to us online at PursuitChurchSA.com. Now grab your headphones and get ready to dive into this week's message. And I just want to catch everybody up on what we've been talking about. We started off this year talking about change, Okay. And the reason is because God has more for all of us, but it's gonna require us to be malleable, to be flexible, to be willing to change some things. There are gonna be some things that we need to stop doing, and there's gonna be some things that we need to start doing if we're going to live the kind of life that will fulfill our purpose and bring us peace. And real contentment. Crystal said that peace, that peace, do we need that peace? Living a changed life, a life for God will bring that peace, that peace that we so desperately need. Let me ask you this. I asked it before. I'm going to ask it again. How many people here today want to see something changed in their life this year? 2024. Raise your hands. I can't see participatory, right? Well, I do too. And I'm hoping for things to change this year. And I'm happy that some of you are too, because you know what? We're supposed to have hope. Right. We're supposed to aspire to bigger and better things. That's God's plan for humanity that we grow. Right. Hope is a good thing. You know, Zechariah nine twelve says that we are to be prisoners of hope imprisoned by hope. But there's one thing that I've noticed about hope. Maybe you've noticed it too. Even though you hope for something, Sometimes it doesn't always work out, right? It doesn't always work out the way we hoped it would. Our habits get in the way of what we're hoping for sometimes. You know, they actually did a study on this at Duke University, and they discovered that about 40% of people do what we do. 40% of people, what we do is based on our habits, not necessarily our hopes. We are really creatures of habit. We are creatures of habit. You know, you are raise your hand. If you do the same thing, pretty much every day, you got a little routine, right? We got routines. I know I got a routine. You know, I got, I had some dental work done and it's messed up. My morning routine, y'all Messed me up. I, I was late this morning adjusting because it messed up my routine. Cause we're creatures of habit, right? So if you want to change your life, you got to change your habits. You got to change your habits. You know what? Let me just pray for y'all before I get started this morning. Let me pray for myself. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence. You invited us to come today. We answered the call, and we thank you, Father, for inviting us into your house to receive a touch from you. And, Lord, I just pray right now that you take control of my mind, my will, my emotions, my vocal cords, the very breath in my lungs, Lord, and let me speak what you want me to speak. Push me out of the way, God. I surrender to you, and I ask you, Lord, to speak through me so that every single one of us, including me, God, so that we can be changed forever by the power of your word. We love you, Lord, and we and thank you for waking us up this morning and bringing us into your house. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Messiah, I pray these things. Amen. 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 So, this series we've been talking about change, cambio, not cambio like pocket change, but change, okay? And real and lasting change requires. A spiritual transformation, not just behavior modification. And in week one, we learn again, not just behavior modification, but a spiritual transformation is what's going to bring about real change. Okay. And so the reason I say this, because for the change to last, we have to have a spiritual. Why? What does that mean? What's a spiritual? Why a spiritual? Why is a reason that's going to honor God a reason for you to change. That's going to honor God. And when you have a spiritual, why he gives you the power of his Holy spirit to help you change. Right. You see how that works right. and spiritual. Why will change your heart too? Amen. Because you know why it shifts the focus from you to God. where it's supposed to be Amen. right. Amen. Say, let me just give you an example of what that looks like. Say you want to lose weight this year, right? So instead of doing it to fit back into your skinny jeans, remember, your body, this body, is the temple of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. So it's not about the skinny jeans anymore. It's about honoring and stewarding well the temple that God has given you. That's a spiritual why. That's good. That's good. And it's not going to come and it's not going to just bring a, a physical change. It's going to be bring a spiritual transformation. That's why you have to have a spiritual why. Right. Now, in week two, Pastor Bob talked about how what we believe about ourselves fuels what we do and change comes when you start believing what God says about you instead of letting your actions determine your identity. Your identity is not what you do. It's who God says you are because here's the thing. When you believe the truth of what God says about you, then that's going to change how you handle some things. It's going to change how you act. Today, I want to round out this series and share with you the importance of developing godly habits in our quest for change in our lives. Of course, real and lasting change comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to work through us, right? But remember, just because we give our lives to Jesus doesn't mean God's going to fix us. We have a part to play. We have a responsibility We have a responsibility to do what we can do and then let God do all the rest. So I want to share with you what you can do your part to have real and lasting change in your life. And I'm going to talk about the importance of developing better habits, godly habits. Remember, hope doesn't change things. Habits do. And we're going to go to the old Testament today. And I want to show you a great example of the power of just one godly habit. There's a story in the book of Daniel. It's in chapter six. And some of you may be familiar with it. It's the story of Daniel in the lion's den. I want you to go back and read the whole thing later because it's not all going to be on the screen, but I'm sharing it with you because it shows the importance of developing godly habits and how, when we do that, it not only changes us but it changes those around us. So Daniel was one of the Hebrew nobles that was, um, brought back into exile into Babylon when, when the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem, right? And he was a true follower of God. Daniel was a godly man. He had developed some godly habits in his life and he was living them out while he was in captivity in Babylon. And I want you all to know that wasn't an easy thing to do. In Babylon, all the people around Daniel, well, most of the people around Daniel, the Babylonian way of doing things was to just compromise, cut corners, do whatever you want to do, do what makes you feel good. They were living any kind of way. And if you weren't like them, well, you were persecuted. Babylon wasn't a lot different from what we see going on right now around us. History tends to repeat itself, I'm just saying. The people in Babylon were doing all the things that Paul warned us about in 2 Timothy chapter 1. People were lovers of self. They were arrogant, abusive, ungrateful, lovers of money, heartless, without self-control, and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Daniel lived in a time where all that was the norm, but he didn't fall into that. He remained a man of honor, integrity, and a man Who followed God and his story shows us that living for God is possible. No matter what everybody else around you is doing, it's possible, but it's possible when you develop godly habits in your life. In fact, when you live your life in a way that honors God in a way that brings him glory, let me just clarify something. You don't have to be perfect. God is not looking for perfection. There's only one perfect person to ever walk this earth. And that's Jesus. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. But he expects us to be perfectly willing to submit some stuff so God can bring the change. That's your part. Perfectly willing. So when you live your life in a way that honors God and brings him glory instead of your own self-satisfaction, self gratification God's going to honor that. And he's going to make sure that the persecution doesn't hit you. He's going to protect you and he's going to provide for you. He's going to make sure you have all that you need and then some. The way that Daniel lived out his faith, this is another thing. When you live your life for God, people notice. And the way Daniel lived, it got the king's attention, y'all. King Darius, he was the king at the time in chapter 6. And King Darius could see that by the way Daniel lived, he was different. And he could trust him to do the right thing no matter what. So he promoted Daniel. Daniel. King Darius put Daniel, a Hebrew slave in exile, who wasn't even part of that culture. He put him in charge of everything in the kingdom because Daniel lived a life of integrity. He had godly habits. That's what it looks like. Y'all when God promotes you, when God promotes you, you don't have to do all those things. Try to get people to pay attention to you. No, no, no. God will cause them to see you and he will cause them to bless you. However, Even though Daniel found favor with the king, his being promoted didn't sit right with some of the other leaders. They were jealous of Daniel. So they came up with a plan to bring him down. Isn't that the way it works sometimes? Hate are going to hate, right? They started watching Daniel, watching him. Can you imagine? You're walking down the road. You see something. What's going on here? They started watching Daniel, spying on him, trying to find some kind of dirt on him. But the problem was there was no dirt to be found y'all. So you know what they did? (laughs) They found something good that Daniel was doing and they spun it. They spun the narrative. Let me explain what I mean by that. These men had been watching him, right? So they knew that Daniel had developed a habit, a godly habit of prayer. Three times a day, Daniel in his room would bow down and pray before the Lord three times a day, faithfully. And it was obvious Daniel wasn't going to stop doing that. So they used that against him. Beware people. Sometimes you may be doing all the right things and people don't try to use it against you, but you keep doing it anyway. It's okay. Cause God's going to protect you. These men took something good and they went to the King and they thought, all right, how are we going to, how are we going to get Daniel? So they went to King Darius and they manipulated him. Man, you got to be careful (laughs) who is in your circle. You got to be watching. Ask God to give you discernment to show you some things and he will show you some things. These men manipulated the king so they could get what they wanted. They talked King Darius into passing a law that said that if anybody in this place bows down to anyone or anything other than the king, they would be killed. How were they able to get the king to do that? That sounds wild, right? Well, let me tell you how at that time in history, there was always some kind of war going on somewhere. So these men made it look like this new law was going to be a good thing for the king. Y'all, we need to know the truth. We got to have open eyes so we can see that some of this stuff is not really good. They made it seem like this was going to be a good thing for the king because it would make sure that the people were going to be loyal to him. And that nobody was going to try to usurp his power and steal the throne. Well, of course, King Darius agreed to that. Sometimes things look good on the surface and we think, yeah, that's a good idea. Is that a God idea? Well, not long after that, not long after that law went into effect, these men knowing, knowing that Daniel was still doing what he was doing. He was still praying to God every single day. Faithfully. They took it back to King Darius and they used it against him. They told King what Daniel was doing. We immediately King Darius knew, oh man, I'm in a spot here. See, he knew Daniel's character. He had seen it. You could talk all you want, but if you walk the walk, people are going to see it. Well, King Darius knew Daniel's character and he liked Daniel. But at the same time, the king knew he had to enforce the law or it was going to make him look weak. So very reluctantly, King Darius had Daniel thrown into the lion's den. But I want you to look at Daniel 6:16, 6, and this is what the king says in verse 16. He says, Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. See, King Darius started thinking about Daniel's God. He started thinking, is he real? Is he going to rescue him? Maybe he is real. Maybe he will rescue Daniel. Friends, when you live your life following God, trusting God, no matter what's going on around you, people are going to notice and they're going to start thinking about God. Isn't that the idea? It's the best way that you can show others about God living your life, following him. That's what was going on here. That's exactly what Daniel was doing. He had developed the habit of daily prayer and it changed him. It gave Daniel the strength he needed to stay faithful to God, no matter what was going on. Amen. And not only that, it gave him the courage and the boldness he knew he needed to face down a pit of lions. He knew God was going to come through one way or the other. And I want you to notice something. God did not rescue Daniel from the lion's den. That didn't happen. God did not rescue Daniel from the lion's den. God kept Daniel safe in the lion's den. He's not going to rescue sometimes. Sometimes he's going to need you to go through that because that's going to build your strength. That's going to build your faith. That's going to give you boldness. It only comes when you've been through some stuff. Don't curse the scars you have from the battles you've been through because those scars are a testimony to the goodness of God. Here's another thing I want you to see. Nowhere, absolutely nowhere in this story does it say that Daniel was afraid in any of this. He wasn't afraid of nothing. Wonder why? You know why I don't think Daniel was afraid? Because he had a daily habit of praying to God in the good times and in the bad times. So he had grown to know God's heart. You know, you, you can't have a conversation with somebody so much and not know something about them. Prayer is just a conversation with God. Y'all Daniel had learned through daily prayer that he could trust God. No matter what God decided to do, he knew he was going to be okay. So I don't think Daniel was shocked when he survived the lion's den, but I know King Darius was, and you know what? He came out of this whole ordeal different things changed. Look at what King Darius said in Daniel chapter six, starting in verse 28, it says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel for he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. Hello. He just saw that. He performed signs and wonders in the heavens and the earth. He just saw that he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. King Darius didn't know nothing about Daniel's God, but he knew that Daniel had a consistent daily habit of praying to his God. And that changed things. Never doubt what God can do through one small habit. God can do big things in your marriage and your friendships, your health, your finances through just one small godly habit. A habit that honors God. And I think all of us are probably hoping for something to change this year. But if you're going to want change, it starts with you. It's going to start with you. So ask yourself, who do I want to become this year? And then ask yourself, what habit do I need to start so I can get there? Remember, most of what we do is because of our habits. So how do you start a new habit? How do you do that? There are four stages of a habit. Now, this is just basic human psychology. And before some of y'all start thinking, I didn't come here to hear all this psychology stuff. I came to hear the word of the Lord. Before you start thinking that, just remember God is the author of psychology. When I was in college, they told me Sigmund Freud is the father of psychology. I'm like, no, he's not. God is God invented it. Okay. It was his idea. So here's the deal. You need to know in order to create a new habit, how to do it. Right? Well, the four stages of a habit are this, a cue craving response reward. The cue is something that's going to remind you of the habit you want to create. Right? The craving comes when you see the cue, the response is the action you take. And then the reward is the benefit of the habit. Simple, simple. Let me show you how it works. Let's say that this is the year that you've decided I'm going to get serious about God. I'm going to go all in for Jesus. I'm going, I'm giving my life to him. I'm going to follow him. Well, where do you start? Okay, well, you got to create some godly habits, right? That's a big, tall order. So how about we create one, one small godly habit. And we just saw, saw through Daniel's story how one habit can change things, can make a huge difference. So if you want to create a habit that honors God, you got to know who he is. Well, what honors God? How do we know that? Well, one way to know who God is is you come to church. Start coming to church every Sunday. Make that the first godly habit to help you go all in for God. What's going to be the cue? Alarm clock. That's real easy, right? And don't be hitting it. Just get up. <laughs> when the alarm clock goes off, get up and get dressed. Come on, come on. When you hear the alarm go off, that's the cue starts the craving. The craving is the desire to start coming to church. The response is that you actually leave on time and show up at church. I'm being practical y'all. That's real practical. You ain't know, high theology for me. That's pastor Bob's deal. No, no, no. I'm gonna tell you real stuff. Okay. And this is the reward. When you come to church, you learn who God is, right? What he wants for your life, how much he loves you. Oh my gosh, that song we were singing. Oh, how he loves you. He loves you. He woke you up this morning. He's still got stuff for you to do. And you learn how he helps you. And then things, they start to change on the inside of you. That's part of that spiritual transformation. And it's the beginning of real lasting change in your life. I know this cause I'm living it. Remember I told you, I'm always going to give you the truth. I'm not going to stand up here and act like I never had a problem. That song said he doesn't, he races. Like he doesn't care about our history. He don't care about my history. So I'm going to share it with y'all. I'm living this. I'm living this. The first thing I did when I came to Jesus years ago, The first thing I decided to do was I'm going to start going to church. I don't know who God is. I know he's good because he rescued me. I gave my life to him and I started coming to church. That was the first (laughs) godly habit that I developed. I'm going to honor him. And you know what? It's still part of who I am. I don't miss church. That's not from, oh, look at me. You don't miss church. Mm -mm. Some days I want and I don't, I want to miss (laughs) y'all. I love y'all too much to miss, (laughs) but I don't miss church. Even when we go on vacation, we go to church somewhere. We literally planned for it, y'all. That one small godly habit that I developed at the very beginning of my faith walk, that habit has carried me through some of the hardest times in my life, y'all. Through some hard stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. Death, death in the family, issues with my health. I've had some serious health issues, y'all. Troubles in my family with my kids when they were growing up. None of those things kept me from church. None of them. You want to know why? Because I find comfort in these walls. I find comfort in the church. I can come in here and I can worship God and pass my pain, pass my problems, pass my attitude. I can do that in the church. And not only that, here, there are people I know that are going to pray for me. That are going to encourage me and the Lord are going to tell me, hey, man, God's got you. They're going to share God's word with me when I can't even remember it because I'm just so messed up. That comes in the church. And that's why I did that. You know, when my mom died, I still went to church. In the middle of planning the funeral, we went to church. And people prayed for me. They prayed over me. They came and checked on me. Develop the godly habit. Of coming to church every Sunday because this is where you find comfort when you need it the most. And it will change your life. Maybe, maybe you already have that habit. Maybe you need to develop the godly habit of prayer. Daily prayer. If you're not praying regularly, I don't mean just every once in a while. I'm talking about every day. Every day. If you're not praying regularly, then that's going to be your next step. That's the godly habit you need to develop. And you know, I think some people don't know how to do that. They don't do it because they just don't know how, or they don't even know where to start. I get that. Well, let me help you with that. Prayer is a focused conversation with God. That's it. Conversation. What do you do in a conversation? What do you do? Talking. You listen. That's right. Conversation is just talking and then listening to God. You don't need fancy words. (laughs) I think God laughs at that sometimes he already knows how we talk. Okay. So when you go in there, he's like, what, come on, man, you don't need those fancy words. Sometimes when people pray over me, I'm like, come on, man, just get to the point, land the plane. So, okay. You want to develop the godly habit of prayer. You need a cue, right? Remember you need a cue. So maybe that's going to be to set your alarm to go off at a certain time. And look, don't set yourself up for failure, set yourself up for success. Pick a time when you're not going to be busy, pick a time when them kids are asleep, pick a time that you can spend intentionally focused on God. Maybe it's going to be easier for you to pray on the drive into work. That's what I used to do when I first came back to God and started developing that habit, drive, praying on the way to work in Houston. You need to be praying on the way to work. That habit has served me well. So if you want to do it on the way to work, then you know what you do the night before you go get a little sticky note, put it on your dash, put it on your steering wheel. So you remember to do it and then be sure that you give yourself enough time to have that conversation with God at least five, 10 minutes. Now I know some of you holier people in here are going to say five minutes. That's not enough. Yeah, it is. Mind your business. God isn't checking the clock. He's not checking the clock y'all. He's just happy to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. It doesn't matter how long you're praying. Talk to the Lord. There's healing in that. Remember creating a new habit means you got to have an obvious cue, something that's going to stimulate that craving to act. And then you act on it. And once you act, look out for the reward. That's going to be what motivates you to keep doing it until it becomes a habit. So if you're trying to develop a habit of prayer, this is what I did. I got a journal. And I started writing my prayers down in the journal and I wouldn't just write them in the journal. I'd start writing what was going on in the journal. It went a whole nother level y'all, but that's me. And, but you know what? In doing that, I started seeing how God was answering that prayer. And I'm going to sit here and tell you right now, God does not always answer our prayers the way we want him to. You need to remember that he's sovereign. He knows what we need. We don't know what we need. God knows what we know, what we want. But God knows what we need. So as I wrote down everything that was going on behind that prayer, I started seeing him answering that prayer. And I wrote that down. Do that. Write it down. Even if you don't think he answered your prayer, pay attention to what happens when you pray. Because remember, he's not always going to answer it like you wanted. I still have prayer journals from years ago. I go back and read them sometimes when I'm in some kind of weird feeling some kind of way. I'll go back and pull one of them out and read it and look at how good God is. I will see things that he's done and I'm just like, wow, you know what the important, this was so important to me and you want to know why? Because it taught me a lot about God. It taught me that he does answer our prayers. He just does it his way and in his timing. And another thing that I learned through this process of daily intentional focused prayer is that God is really good. He really is good. And not only that, he's faithful. He's always faithful. Even when we don't think he's doing what he needs to be doing for us, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's still faithful. You see, what I learned is that some of my prayers didn't need to be answered. And some of them sure didn't need to be answered the way I wanted them to be answered. If you want to know who God is, develop A daily habit of prayer, having a conversation with God, it'll change your life because you'll start seeing him differently. You'll understand how much he loves you, how he protects you. Some of those unanswered prayers are protection, y'all. And you'll see how he provides for you in ways that you could have never imagined. Just like Ephesians 3.20 says, more than we could think or even imagine. That's God creating godly habits is imperative. It's crucial. If you want to have any real and lasting change in your life, because godly habits bring about spiritual transformation, not just behavior modification. You change from the inside out. Your heart starts to change. And you know what y'all? That's all we really need. We need a heart change, a heart transplant. Ezekiel says in the book of Ezekiel, it says, I will take that heart of stone, that hard heart, that heart with the walls around it. And I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and you will do what I've called you to do. That's what we need. We need a heart transplant. And let me tell you a reason why Jeremiah seventeen nine tells us that the heart is deceitful through and through. It is desperately sick. It is twisted. We can't trust our hearts. Y'all people say, follow your heart. Don't you dare do that. Do not follow your heart. Cause your heart, it'll cause you to fall in love with someone or something. Hmm. And the next thing you know, Your life is going in a completely opposite direction from where God wants you to be. And all because you followed your heart and you didn't develop godly habits. The godly habits that would have given you the strength that you needed to not follow your heart and to stay away from the stuff that God never intended to be in your life. I need you all to think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. You know, you you might have gotten into some situations because you followed your heart. I know I have. Don't follow your heart. Instead of that, develop some godly habits that will help you steer clear from doing something you can't take back. Or doing something you might regret. If you want change, if you want a better life, this is the year of more. If you want more of what God has for you, it's going to require spiritual transformation, y'all. And that starts with making your reason for change to be based on God's word, not what you want. That's your spiritual why. And then get into his word and learn who God says you are. That way you won't live by who you think you are. We all make mistakes, y'all. We make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes can lead to all kinds of feelings of guilt, and shame. When that happens, the world says, oh, you're done. You've gone too far. You messed up. Just keep on doing what you're doing because it don't matter anyway now. But, friend, that's only going to lead to the same, more of the same. Don't listen to that. Listen to what God says about you. And you know what he says? He says in Jesus Christ, you're forgiven. You're righteous. You're holy. You're redeemed. Your life has a future and a hope through Jesus Christ. You haven't gone too far. Get in the Bible and learn what God says about you. And you won't be fooled by what the world says. And then start developing godly habits. Start with just one. Find your cue so you'll remember. And then do it regularly. Before you know it, things will start to change. You'll find yourself growing closer to God. And living a life with peace, joy, and purpose. Amen? Will you bow your heads? Let me just pray for us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, that you see us. You see every one of us. You know what we're battling with. You know our history. You know our future. Lord, you know right now in this moment what we need from you. Father God, I just ask you to pour out your spirit on every person in this room, Lord. Help them realize who they are in Christ. And father God, if there are people here who don't know Jesus, if they've never surrendered their life to you, Lord, draw them in, draw them in by the power of your Holy spirit, draw them in with love and mercy and grace. That's what's going to draw us to you. Father, your love, your mercy, your grace, father, God, just let that pour out right now in this moment. For those of us who want to develop better habits, God, give us the strength that we need to do it. Help us find the cue and and do the craving and look for the reward and just do what you've called us to do, Father, so we can grow closer to you. And so that we can be transformed from the inside out, Lord, that we will never be the same again, God. Thank you for that, Lord. We love you and we bless your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we come. Amen.